Welcome to our weekly classified Grayman Intelligence audio brief. Over the next few minutes, Wesley from Super SE is going to share with you the most important survival intelligence stories that have occurred over the past week from the Grayman briefing. This timely and concise reporting will help you to stay sharp and be well ahead of the knowledge curve so that you can be better prepared for what's coming down the road. All right, Wes, take it away. All right, thanks, David. So we'll get right into the brief. From the Gray Man Briefing, this is a weekly recap of news and developments for your situational awareness, as always, with the bottom line up front. All right, so we're going to be covering December 7th through December 13th. The Department of Homeland Security, or the National Terrorism Advisory System Bulletin to be precise, has dropped a new bulletin dated November 30th. The bulletin summarizes the Biden administration's perception of terrorist threats throughout the nation, and it covers a period from December through May of 2023. It says, the United States remains in a heightened threat environment due to quote lone offenders and small group motivated small groups motivated by a range of ideological beliefs and or personal grievances and quote domestic actors and for foreign terrorist organizations the bulletin further warned in the coming months that threat actors could commit acts of violence related to the midterm elections obviously we didn't see that happen um, and of course it says it could happen in relation to the holiday season and the upcoming two-year anniversary of January 6th. Um, it further said that some of the targets are said to be public gatherings, churches, LGBT groups, schools, minority, minorities, the government itself, our infrastructure, and the media. So on the topic of the infrastructure, um, we'll cover that briefing. Uh, this is about power grid attacks. So an internal federal bulletin has warned of grid attacks using firearms to cause social disruption and violence to the government. So there, there's no publicly available memo. This isn't something I'm going to be able to share with you, um, but I can tell you about it. So it's from the Electricity Information Sharing and Analysis Center, or E-Isaac. It says that criminal actors have recently attempted and have planned to cause widespread, this is quote, to cause widespread power failures with the potential impact of social disruption and violent anti-government criminal activity. So... If you saw, if you listened to last week's briefing, or if you're following the news or the Gray Man briefing, you'll know that some substation attacks have occurred. And this is basically, you didn't hear much about it until the event in Moore County, North Carolina, but this has been happening at a wider, a more widespread um, occurrence since September of this year. Um, had events in October and November in both uh, Oregon, Washington, North Carolina, and Florida. That's where attacks actually occurred. And other threats of these substation attacks or other plans um, were either thwarted or you know, just disbanded in California, Nevada, Arizona, Wisconsin, Maryland, and Tennessee. The internal memo said that the attackers bypassed, this is quote, bypassed security fences by cutting the fence links, lighting nearby fires, shooting equipment from a distance, or throwing objects over the fence and onto equipment. So for the most part, these events haven't been making mainstream news. It wasn't until there happened to be a drag queen at the same time as one of the events that you started hearing about it. And of course, this most recent one in North Carolina, 
was a, a little bit or a lot bit longer scale than the other ones as far as the impact felt by the citizens. Also, uh, TC Energy reported an oil spill in northeastern Kansas. This shut down the operation of the Keystone Pipeline, and if you're familiar with it, um, I think it was five to 600,000 gallons of crude oil that leaked into that, that creek in Kansas. The Pipeline Hazardous Materials Safety Administration advised that an emergency shutdown of um, was authorized and even when the pipeline does reopen it'll be at a decreased quantity or decreased pressure and of course that pipeline is the one that's going from Canada to the Gulf Coast in Texas so it's not immediately sure if we're gonna see any direct impacts from this pipeline um, delay or disruption but of course every little thing like this adds to um, the production um, obviously, this is oil that's not going to be making it to the refineries at the same quantity um, and there could be some effect to price and availability down the road. Um, and speaking of the disruption to or attacks to our substations, keep making plans, be, be able to survive, you know, the, easily without any issue of having to go to the grocery store or refuel for a week to two weeks with, without you know, being disrupted to your daily life other than just that discomfort of not having power. Make sure you have alternative heating sources since it's winter uh, for most of our listeners. And uh, just be prepared for a power outage. Like I said, there was, uh, we were never able to confirm an attack on December 12th like we'd heard about, but we did confirm that internal memo. Um, and as far as I saw, nothing happened on December 12th and all should be good. So let's move on. So earlier this month in Washington, the Seattle City Council passed their new budget, which included a defunding measure to the police department to remove 80 police department positions. So we did a deep dive in our debrief about this on the Gray Man Briefing, um, going back to 2021 when Seattle Police Department was supposed to have 1,400 officers and they were down to uh, 1,027. Um, they cut the budget by 17% then. They're still continuing to cut the budget. People are leaving. At one point in late 2021, there were 120 police officers uh, who were just about to be fired. Um, let me clarify. They were about to be fired because they didn't comply with the COVID-19 um, jab orders. In total, there were about 540 Seattle employees who didn't comply. So people were leaving. People were being fired. Um, it's like they were almost trying to get rid of employees, get rid of police officers in Seattle. Uh, but check out our debrief on that for more. I'm not going to go too far into it here. We'll move into COVID since we're talking about it. So China is set to begin easing segments of their zero COVID policy, um, including the QR passport requirement and their enforcement of home quarantines. Um, this is after mass mass countrywide rioting um, with the first time we've seen in recent years where the citizens in China literally physically fought back against their government. Um, so this was meant to kind of quell some of that rot that rioting and it, it has to a pretty good degree. However, none of this is supposed to start easing up until mid-2023. And uh, we told you last week about how Los Angeles County 
um, began reinstating their mask mandate. Same thing has just happened in New York City. Uh, their Department of Health and Mental Hygiene has issued a health advisory ordering, quote, everyone, even if vaccinated and even if they have had COVID-19 or the flu before, should wear a mask at all times when in an indoor setting. And it further described that as inside stores, offices, lobbies, hallways, elevators, public transportation, schools, childcare facilities, shared public spaces, and when you're in an outdoor setting that's crowded and that's up to their determination what's crowded so that uh that just happened and continue to keep seeing this happen you know like i said last week um it happens in la county the largest county in america now it's happened in the largest city these these larger uh left-leaning areas are going to start at first and it'll st- it'll keep picking up nationwide so mass mandates could be making a comeback all right, let's just run down a few different happenings. Um, so the data of about 360 million users has been placed for sale on the dark web. Um, looks like this data has come from users of the WhatsApp. Um, it was stolen during a breach. So just again, you know, be cautious of what messaging apps you're using. Um, obviously none of them are impenetrable, uh, but we're still pretty closely using Telegram and Signal. Um, no shout out for either one of them. I have issues with both of them. But uh, definitely shouldn't, you should not be on WhatsApp even before this happened. And uh, moving on, after a multi-year investigation and subsequent tw- trial brought on by the Manhattan District Attorney, the Trump Organization, not Trump, was found guilty on multiple criminal tax fraud charges. This, this comes after the organization was giving out perks to their executives, things like luxury vehicles and vacations, and they weren't documenting it properly, properly or reporting those benefits for tax purposes. Uh, Trump responded to the verdict saying, quote, murder and violent crime is at an all-time high in New York City, and the DA's office has spent almost all of its time and money fighting a political witch hunt for DC against Trump over fringe benefits. All right, let's jump into the NDAA, the National Defense Authorization Act. A couple things to cover for you here. So Facebook, Instagram, or, you know, the big daddy Meta, they warned that they are considering, quote, removing news from our platform altogether rather than submit to government-mandated negotiations. They're referencing the JCPA, or the Journalism Competition Preservation Act. So... If that act was included in the NDAA, which it was at one point um, until this week, which is why I'm giving this update, it's no longer in it. Looks like Meta and their threat worked and influenced Congress and it was removed. But what it would have done, it would allow news agencies to collectively bargain against social media outlets for ad revenue shares in exchange for their news content. It would also allow small, large news organizations to file lawsuits against social media outlets for limiting reach to news stories that Meta or whoever else determines to be mis- or disinformation. So that, um, as of a couple days ago, was removed at the seemingly request of Meta. Also, Republican lawmakers threatened to stall the NDAA unless the COVID-19 vaccine mandate for service members was removed. And looks like they won that little fight. And now there is language that 
requires the removal of that mandate for service members. Uh, they will no longer have to be vaccinated to remain a soldier or seaman or airman or whatever it may be. I guess pending the president's veto, uh, the president, or I should say, the president's national security advisor says that the president, quote, continues to believe that all Americans, including those in the armed forces, should be vaccinated and boosted for COVID-19. So it's important to note, um, Republicans also wanted to put language in the NDA that would reinstate soldiers who were already fired for not complying with the, the jab order and offer them back pay. So none of that was, was in the NDAA, but they did get the removal of the mandate. All right, so let's jump into our Second Amendment briefing for the week. In Oregon, Gun Owners of America, this is a pro-Second Amendment group, they have won a temporary injunction which blocked Ballot Measure 114. If you remember, this was the, the, the ballot measure that voters um, were able to you know, cast their decision on, and it passed. Um, but this injunction has, has now temporarily blocked it. So unless it's overturned, it will require a permit to purchase a firearm. It requires um, live fire training for you know, being able to possess a firearm. Um, and creates a public registry with the PII of firearm owners. So it creates a searchable permit database. And it also limits magazines to 10 rounds or less. So uh, I think next week, and actually it's coming up, I think on the 14th or 15th when that expires, um, at that point, uh, Gun Owners of America is going to file for, for preliminary injunction. So we'll see how that goes. So moving on, in Ohio, um, Columbus to be exact, um, so there's a lot of stuff that happened here between House Bill 228, the Home, Rule, the Home Rule Amendment, and Separation of Powers Doctrine, but the gist of it is temporarily the whole preemption thing is gone. This means that individual local areas can create laws that conflict with the state's laws. Um, so Columbus, which uh, is a left-leaning city, has uh, just passed and approved, or at least their council has, uh, passed a, a measure to ban large capacity magazines. And it also created a firearm uh, storage law and a straw, a straw purchase law. So the, the big thing here is going to be the large capacity magazine. And in their definition, they say it's, quote, any magazine, belt, drum, feed strip, clip, or other similar device that has the capacity of or can be readily restored or converted to accept 30 or more rounds of ammunition for use in a firearm. Uh, Columbus also passed a set of bills, a uh, set of measures to create laws to restrict the sale of flavored tobacco and further restrict liquor sales. The Buckeye, the Buckeye Firearms Association, which is another pro-Second Amendment group, they said, quote, only the state of Ohio can establish gun laws, and this proposal is a clear-cut violation of law and the Ohio Constitution. Of course, the council passing it said that, quote, it's really about protecting our residents and ensuring that our youth are kept safe. All right, moving on, kind of back to the NDAA. So in Section 595 of that uh, Authorization Act, is a pilot program on, quote, safe storage of personally owned firearms. So you, there's a lot of this in some of the pro 2A communities uh, bashing it, which I'm not giving you, I'm not 
you know, if you want to bash it, bash it or not. But basically, from what I can tell, it's a program that will operate on a voluntary basis at some select military installations, and it's using government funding to provide locking devices or safes or both for the purpose of securing personally owned firearms when not in use. So it just sounds like the military uh, officials are going to give their soldiers or you know whatever branch you're in, give their service members uh, safes for free. And finally, we'll talk a little bit more about the Second Amendment and the Fourth Amendment here. So UPS and FedEx, let's talk about them. So 18 states have sent letters alleging and questioning UPS and FedEx over uh, possible collusion with the federal government. Um, basically, this is about policies that UPS and FedEx have made. And these FFLs have been placed under gag order. So the 18 states, they have basically said that these policies are to, quote, create a database of American gun purchasers and determine exactly what items they purchased. It further says that the policies, quote, allow your company or companies to track firearm sales with unprecedented specificity and bypass warrant requirements to share that information with federal agencies. So UPS and FedEx have until till December 29th to respond to a series of questions about uh, basically who directed them to create these policies, what they're sharing, um, and they specifically wanted to know if the ATF or the Biden administration pressured them to create these policies to report back to the federal government. And we'll end today with a couple of notes on the supply chain and the food industry specifically. So in Kent, Ohio, a flour mill suffered a large fire. Um, we looked at some videos of it. Looks like the, the whole mill has been destroyed, if not at least half of it. It's, it's hard to tell from the fire and the smoke. Um, it was so bad the next day, the Christmas parade in town had to be canceled due to the, the dangers of it still being under, under fire and the smoke in the area. Um, it hasn't been determined if the mill is going to be restored at all. Um, and just to give you an idea, this mill produces about 450,000 pounds of flour a day. Um, the Star of the West Milling Company does have, I think, about four other uh, mills. So hopefully some of this flour will go to them to be further refined or produced. And in the UK, the National Farmer Union, or the NF NFU, has called on the government uh, to use the Agricultural Act of 2020 to make an exceptional, to basically label an exceptional market condition. Um, that declaration will be used to help uh, hire seasonal workers, uh, change the scheme they current have, they currently have, to address that labor shortage, especially in the fruit and vegetable farms. Um, they're hoping that act and the measures underneath it will regulate dairy contracts to create fair deal, fairer deals and enact a statutory duty to monitor and report on the domestic food production levels. Um, further, they're hoping it will label the agricultural or the horticultural sec sectors um, as vulnerable with relation to energy security. Um, the head or the former head of UK's intelligence arm, MI5, uh, he emphasized that the food supply chain is, quote, a critical national infrastructure and, quote, the global volatility is threatening the stability of the world's food production, food security, and energy security. So if you're not following the UK, they're suffering from a lot of food disruptions right now, primarily an egg shortage and fruit and vegetable shortage are expected in the near term. 
And that's it. David, thanks again for having us on. And um, I think we're going to take next week off. But as always, this is Super Essie reading out the Gray Man briefing. You guys take care and have a good Christmas. So before we head out of here, let us know what you think of these briefs by emailing us at help at ultimatesurvivaltips.com or you can contact us through our website and the home base for this podcast, ultimatesurvivaltips.com. If you'd like to be even further ahead of the preparedness curve and get daily briefs from Wes delivered privately to you, Wes is giving Survival Show podcast subscribers $1 off the normal monthly subscription cost of $5. So for only $4 a month, you can get daily intelligence briefings from Wes when you go over to graymanbriefing.com and enter code GBCUST at checkout. All right, that's about it. Thanks for joining us today. Until next time, keep it simple, be positive, and stay sharp.